Welcome to the first in our new series of economic podcasts, in which we'll be focusing on the issues affecting the global economy and how they could impact businesses. I'm Hannah Ordino and I'm associate in our economics team in the UK. I'm joined here today by Barrett Kupelian, a senior economist, to discuss a recent piece his team wrote on the pockets of opportunity in the global economy. So Barrett, first off, can you tell us a little bit about your motivation for writing this piece and how it's relevant to businesses? Well, Hannah, when our clients come into PwC and ask us about where to expand, they almost overwhelmingly focus on the large economies of the world. So we call them in PwC the E7, which is basically the BRIC economies, Brazil, Russia, India, China, as well as Turkey, Mexico, Indonesia. But what I always say is big is not always better. And the reason why I'm saying this is because converting the trust and reputation of a business into a full-time revenue stream in a new market takes a lot of time. And takes a lot of time, particularly in the largest economies that I just mentioned. So we always think that mid-sized economies should not fall off the radar of businesses that are seeking to grow their international footprint. And what we did in this report is that we focused on these mid-sized economies which we call the pockets of opportunity, precisely because we think they offer the best short to medium term prospects for businesses looking to grow. Great, so let's move on to the actual countries. Um, what's the first one you want to talk about? So the first one I want to talk about is uh, Vietnam. We focused on three different economies in three different continents and Vietnam was the, was the Asian economy we focused on. Now just to set the context about the Vietnamese economy and how it's performed historically, in the 21st century, the Vietnam economy grew by 6.5% per annum. Comparatively, if you look at other Asian economies, so the ASEAN 5, for example, they grew at a rate of 5% per annum. So you can see quite clearly that Vietnam overperformed these economies. Now, currently, growth is being fueled by domestic and foreign investment uh, in labor-intensive industries in Vietnam. And the main reason why this is happening is because Vietnam has relatively low wages. They're around a third of that of China, actually. So are they going to try and replicate the Chinese investment model? Exactly. So Vietnam is trying to sort of replicate the investment export model that Japan, South Korea, China, as you said, Singapore, all have gone for. And there's two pieces of evidence that support this point. Uh, the first one is Vietnam is using foreign direct investment as a tool to move its economy from a current sort of high volume, low cost base to a more high value added focus base. Uh, a classic uh, data point that we sort of mentioned to uh, our clients is if you look at Vietnamese exports 10 years ago, it was based on commodities. The largest export that Vietnam had was commodity related. If you look at the latest data though, Vietnam's largest exports by value are in mobile phones. So you can clearly see the actual shift happening there. And the second point, and this is quite topical actually, Vietnam is now the second ASEAN economy to complete negotiations of, on a free trade deal with the EU, which actually covers both goods and services. Now I think the, the final point is quite important because it almost shows how willing the authorities in Vietnam are to set up sort of the foundations for the long-term transition of the Vietnamese economy from a manufacturing base to a services base once the demographic conditions sort of start to change, which we're also, by the way, seeing uh, happening in China. So moving now on to Europe, which economy have you chosen to focus on? 
So in Europe, we, we focused on Poland as our sort of second pocket of opportunity. Uh, as you know, Hannah, in the team, we, we track uh, Poland regularly. It's one of the 28 economies we monitor on an active yeah, basis. I think it's the one I monitor, actually. <laughs> and Yeah, uh, rightly so. And um, just to give you a bit of context, as everyone knows, Poland joined the EU in 2004. Uh, interestingly, it was the largest economy out of the 10 economies that joined then. And unlike most advanced economies, it uh, managed to escape relatively unscathed from the financial crisis. So would you say Poland's made the most out of its EU membership? Exactly. I think Poland has made the most out of its uh, EU uh, membership. And you can see this in the way it's, it's used this comparative advantage of, first of all, a good geographic location, uh, because it's relatively well located in Central Europe. Secondly, of relatively low labour costs. The hourly labour cost in Poland is nine euros per hour compared to the EU average, which is 25. And the third point that Poland has really um, focused on as well, it's keeping its economy open to FDI flows. So the OECD estimate that Poland has a more liberal regime uh, as far as FDI is concerned compared to other rich economies, you know, like South Korea, uh, the US, Australia, Canada. And if you look at the FDI stock in Poland, it amounts to around 200 billion, which is around 50% of its GDP, which is not bad going for an economy that joined uh, the European Union in 2004. But what about its aging populations? What are the prospects for the Polish economy going forward? Well, in the short term, we think uh, Poland will grow by around 15-16% in volume terms. And by short term, I mean, you know, the next five years. Now, you're right in saying that Poland is going to face a challenge as far as its aging population is concerned. Now, the government and the authorities are taking notice of that, and they have a plan in place to help boost research and development spending in the medium term. And hopefully, that will sort of offset some of the negative effects of an aging population. And moving on to the final country, which I believe is Colombia. Yeah, that's correct, Hannah. I mean, what we tried to do there is to focus on the Americas, the whole continent. But in North America, you've got the, you know, the US and Canada, so that they're quite big economies, advanced economies, which you didn't really want to focus on for, the, for this. So essentially what we did is we focused in Central America and, and South America. And Colombia was the mid-sized economy that we think um, uh, businesses should actually be monitoring and watching out for. Now, Colombia is facing some short-term challenges with respect to its reliance on commodities, but given the stability um, in, in the commodity markets, I think that that sort of cycle uh, or challenge has sort of faded. I mean, I think the biggest opportunity in the country is uh, the, the authorities' ambition to spend around 60, 70 billion US dollars on improving its infrastructure. And the government's focus will be to build around 11,500 kilometers of roads and highways to improve connectivity. Now, if you're an economist, a macroeconomist, what you say is this will give a short-term demand boost to the economy, which is good for businesses that specialize in, the, in those sorts of sectors, you know, designing roads, building roads, delivering these sort of turnkey projects to the government, as well as a medium-term supply boost to the economy by increasing its productivity levels. And just on that point, Hannah, just to give you an example, uh, the World Economic Forum does um, sort of a competitiveness outlook every year. And if you look, focus on Colombia, you'll see that Colombia ranks 84th out of the 138 economies they look at for its uh, infrastructure sort of index. So I think that's, a, that's 
sort of a wise investment the government is, is doing. And I also understand there's a new tax reform in place from the beginning of this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, uh, Hannah. I mean, what the government essentially is trying to do is to reduce the tax burden on businesses. And the key reform they've enacted is to increase the VAT to 19%. So watch this space for more updates on this change. Thanks so much, Brad, for giving us some insight into the more mid-sized and emerging markets as opposed to the key seven. You're welcome, Hannah. And if you'd like to hear more about what we've discussed today, please head to our website at pwc.com forward slash GW. And thanks very much for tuning in. Please subscribe to our channel for future podcasts.